All right, for all the dads out there that's canoeing and teaching their kids how to double knot <laughs> and uh, <laughs> tying the boat to the what you tie a boat to the gurney, the, sh- what, what's the a, what's shore, your ankle, the, sh- the ankle, whatever. <laughs> no, for just all kidding. the dads that's teaching their kids how to make sailboats and rocket ships and campfires and all the inventive and innovative ways to survive. We want to honor all the fathers out there for May 19th, Father's Day. Woo-woo! Welcome to the Colors of Relationships podcast. I'm your host, Cedric Weatherspoon, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Dr. Asia King, licensed professional clinical counselor. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the show. Real fathers, real men. Yeah. <laughs> real fathers, real men. Okay, yeah, we got like, it. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to give a shout out to all the dads and said is a father. Father to four beautiful kids and two grandkids. Whoop, whoop. Hey, Papa. I'm a patriarch. Hello, I'm a patriarch. Hey, Papa. I'm a patriarch. Uh, Cedric is the CEO or owner, operator of Empower Therapeutic Services, basketball camp. I mean, he just plays all these roles. All these roles, right? All around nice guy. So, Sid, what does it mean to be a leader in your family? Last episode, we talked about men, you know, Asking for what they need. Father's Day doesn't get the recognition that Mother's Day does. There's no advertisement towards men. But yet there is still the expectation that you show up and you lead. You are the head. You are the leader. You are the one who is the trailblazer Mm. for change. What does it mean to be leader of your family? When that whole intro, my anxiety is going up. (laughs) So, no. Uh... It's it's a lot of work. I mean, it's it's not a perfection thing. I've you know I always say being a parent is not about perfection. It's about staying the course. So staying the course means that you can be two types of leaders. So one leader could be very rigid and not really compliant, and everybody got to do what I got. I say do everything is right by me. If I say it's right, it's right. So that's the regime I grew up under. My dad said, hey, we're doing this. I'm like, cool, let's do this. You know, no pushback and no question. But it's also the other leader is like um, just a leader uh, who elevates people and that are very that's very flexible. I would say I learned the first type of leadership style, but parenting sons who have an opinion and and have a daughter who's very strong will. And, you know, I had to learn how to adapt my style. So adapting that style that's very flexible and realizing that sometimes they're going to say something that I don't like and I'm going to get upset about it. And I want to go to the old regime where shut up, do like I say, not as I do. Stay in your lane. I got this. But now it's like more so just kind of trying to listen and understand from their perspective and re- taking value in their perspective and and trying to validate it. And I and I use that word try, try to validate their perspectives and 
be a little bit flexible, but also being able to challenge them, you know, get enough respect where you can challenge them and say, you know what, I'm not going to allow you to underachieve or or just kind of fall by the wayside just because, you know, you can, you know, so Mm -hmm. just pushing them and pushing them to be the great person that they are, whoever that person is, just continue to push them and getting them to believe that, you know, you're here for a reason. I know you are a youngster and you're developing, but you're here for a reason. So you got to live in your Mm. purpose. So being able to balance, you know, being flexible to like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this leadership thing where I'm going to challenge you to be the best that you are. And if you're not, then I'm going to go to the old regime. It's like, I'm going to hold you here for a while, let you hold this space until you recognize that you have something and you need to kind of begin to elevate yourself. I'm not going to let you underachieve. Mm -hmm. Where did you see those examples in your life that set the framework for you to lead like that? Uh, I, I guess I learned a lot through being a leader in sports too. You know, like I was a, a great basketball player and I've learned, I got the opportunity to be coached by a lot of people who helped me understand what leadership is like. So I did have an opportunity to be in high school under Dave Williams and his leadership style was very boom. You're going to work. What We're going to set these goals and we're going to work toward it. So he his thing is like what it takes hard work and what you're going to be. So we'll say champs. So he put his like with that comes to work. And so he helps elevate us. And it was hard sometimes. We had tough conversations, but we knew that he was flexible enough to let us have our own identity within that team. And at the same time, when we were underachieving, he challenged us in a hard and tough way. And then I had another coach, and my college coach was pretty cool. He was like, yeah, I'm going to bring that ne- that strong energy to you, but I'm going to teach you how to have fun in your leadership. You know, teach you how to joke around and be a little bit flexible and have fun. And we're still going to win. We're still going to achieve our goals. Even if you're just a little bit laid back, you don't have to yell and scream to get your point across. Sometimes you got to lead by example. So you pull up and you, you want people to work hard, then you work hard. If you're a great leader, they'll follow. So those are the things that I, I've learned from, you know, just playing basketball and just being held to a higher standard. And when I didn't achieve, it was okay for me to sit down and sit on a bench until I got my act together. And then I got back in the game. So a lot of my my leadership qualities came from just playing sports and going through sport, the, you know, the rigor of playing basketball. There you go. And so I guess, you know, what you're saying is, or what I'm hearing you say is that there are these pieces of leadership that you've learned throughout your life, which has helped you develop your leadership, which is what you're now passing on. You know, you don't have to always be stern. It's about being firm, stern, but also having fun and, you know, knowing when to lean in and when to sit back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having those pieces of of what does it mean to be a, a man And and those different examples, you know, because I think, you know, how does any man learn to be a leader? How does any man 
learn to find out or or be able to define who they are. There's a football player who took the last name mm. of his wife. Mm, mm, mm. What? what do you mean? Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> Ooh. Mm-mm-mm. Don't you go see? there. See? See? And that's Don't what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Do not go um, there. Was it a football player? I think it was a football player that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Here it is. Former running back for the Miami Dolphins, Ricky Williams, legally changed his last name to Moran, adopting his wife's last name. And that was on the 26th of this year. And so he said, I did it probably a year and a half ago, made it official, something I've been thinking about and talking about. And I finally went through steps. I find that that's been really powerful in creating ease and intimacy and trust in my relationship. People kind of forget that she exists. So there's an imbalance in our relationship. So he changed the name to help empower her, which to me, I mean, we're talking about traditions, right? We're talking about what makes the traditional man a leader. And so he takes on his wife's last name to help create that. And and for those of you who can't see, because we're not like video, but said is up here vehemently like shaking his head back and forth like no mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so does that make him any less of a leader uh I, yeah oh no I, tell, okay, tell okay. us more well it's first of all it's to each his own i'm, I'm gonna put that out there um mm-hmm. you know but would it, you do it uh no why Actually, I'm a, let's be honest. I thought about the idea of maybe changing my name or maybe adding on to my name. And then I thought about it. I talked to my OG about it. And then <laughs> he said to me, he said, look, man, he said, yeah, I, I understand you progressive, man. I got it. You know, what about this? Let your wife keep her name. You can keep your name and we'll call it good. Like keep your name, keep your game. It's mm-hmm. we is is representing. This is who we are. This is this is our flag. We wave the flag all the time. So, you know, I'm not necessarily comfortable with that because then it's like when we start to digging into identity stuff. How much of my identity is embedded into that legacy of my last name? A lot. Mm. You know, some of it, you know, when you dig a little bit deeper, then I kind of question my attachment to that last name, you know, because, you know, you have the legacy of slavery. It is Juneteenth, by the way. It's not only oh, yeah, just that's Father's right, Day, Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Same weekend as Father's Day weekend. Yeah. Yep. So it, it's not, it's that legacy there. You always got to be like, uh, I don't know how much attachment do I really got to the name? So that my attachment is like th- that. We changed that. We manifest that name and made it what it is for us. So we took we took the name, but we we changed it. We colored it and we put a little put a little soul in there. So it's that piece. Um, but changing my name, I think it would you know, given that my father, you know, my father and his legacy and passing on his last name, 
I I wasn't ready. To, I'm, I'm not ready to commit to that. I'm a whole respect. And even if I did believe it, I probably wouldn't dial back and be like, you know what? I can have these thoughts, but, you know, I'm honoring the ancestors. I'm following I'm following suit for the uh-huh. next generation. So so that means I'm not going to be changing my name no time soon. OK. OK. Now, I can I take mean, a nickname now. Big said, you know. No, no, we're not doing that. We're not, we're not, we're not doing that. But you did, you two, you and your wife, uh, September. September has her last name and you have kept your last name, which I think is still moving outside of the tradition. I remember I didn't change my last name to my husband's, my ex-husband. And I remember somebody saying to me, and that's exactly why y'all ended up divorced. Well, well, you don't own people. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like women get to keep their legacy, too. You know, and I'm not that rigid enough to say, no, if you don't have, you know, my last name, then you you're not married to me. Shoot, it's just mm. a name. I mean, at the end of the day, if you, that's who you identify with, I ain't taking that away from you. It ain't my choice. And I don't have a problem with that. So well, then it, take her last name. I'm not doing that because I have a choice, too. I don't want to do that. I was like, mm-hmm. this is my and we shouldn't be battling about that, because with all the things that happen within the context of a marriage and all the struggles that you have, then really do you, we really want to be arguing about last names? It's like, come on, let's argue about not being able to communicate very well. Mm. I mean, or let's figure that out. Or mm. let's figure out how to uh, manage our finances or how to parent even more. So I'm going to focus on the name. And we got all of this parenting to do for the next 18, 100,000 years. But I'm uh-huh. going to focus on the name. That doesn't make any it, sense to me. Leave it alone. Well, let it go. It, make, it makes sense for some people. Some, I mean, some people, that's, that's folks. You know, the fact that the football player was able to change his last name to his wife's you know, that's conversation. That's an article. That's but hold, article. hold up now. So, yeah. that, like, so he a professional football player, right? Yeah, Ricky Williams. So here's the deal. If he mm. really want to empower that woman, put a name all on the bank account and all on your assets. Split all your assets up. Give her 80-20. You get 20, she get 80. That'd be so empowering to that woman. Do you think she would take the 80-20 of it or whatever millions that he have? Over uh, changing the name? Heck. I'm pretty sure she already has her name on his stuff. I don't think that's excluded. But Mm. what he's saying is is that people see him before they see her. Oh, he just wants attention. Oh, okay. So, (laughs) all right. (laughs) You know people do anything to get some attention. He just wants some attention. He just, <laughs> he just wants some attention. But what's takeaways here? What's takeaways? My takeaway is that leadership is not just one fold. It is several things. And it's also about empowerment. It's about being your authentic self and having mentors, having mentors along the way to share with you what does leadership look like. And it's not linear. It weans and it wanes. Mm-hmm. You got to know when to lean in and you got to know when to sit back. So a man's leadership is always going. And every man's leadership is not the same. So mm-hmm. Ricky Williams will take the last name of his wife. 
Cedric Weatherspoon <laughs> will put his, his wife on all of the assets of the house. <laughs> I will. And let her keep her last name and he keeps his, right? <laughs> I do. Right, exactly. So leadership for men has to be an independent journey and one that is not marked by traditional culture, quote unquote. For some people. Yeah. Now, you okay. know, you know, I saw the brothers going to push back on that. I mean, a lot of people are going to push back. Different cultures are going to push back, you know, Middle Eastern culture, you know, Asian culture. A lot of cultures will push back because there is a framework. And I'm not knocking anybody's framework. I'm just saying are the frameworks of masculinity healthy or toxic? But that's for the next episode. Oh, yeah. What's your takeaway? Uh, my takeaway is, although as a father, you are a leader, but, you know, I look at it as I'm a co-leader because it's a lot when you're raising a family and managing a family. One person can't do it by themselves. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if someone's, you know, like this whole myth that my dad gave me that, you know, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, then all the blame falls on you. Then I want mm. I want to take that out, take that situation, and we have to kind of transcend past that. And I want to shout out to my dad because before he passed away, he said it's a lot easier to do it together than to do it separate, and everything mm-hmm. be put on you. Now, see, that's you know I thought that was cool because he went back and undid some of the you know some of the information he gave me. And he passed that, that say, now take this one with you because this is what I've learned. And so mm-hmm. I hope in my fathering, I'm able to learn something from, from my children or, you know, correct some of the mistakes I made and going back in and saying like, yeah, I know I told you to do this, but, uh, you know, I, I was wrong in that situation. I was wrong. I didn't get that one right, but here's the right information right here. So Mm -hmm. being able to be flexible and admit you're wrong or uh, challenge yourself, and that helps change your legacy. And there you have it, folks. Man, powerful, 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 powerful conversation. Come back for our third and final episode of the Father's Day Spectacular event of honoring all the dads out there as we continue to have more conversation and these last two episodes I haven't been given said the heads up of what I'm talking about but this one I will give you the heads up so all right you ready yep next episode we're going to talk about toxic masculinity Ooh. and debunking the myth of what is a true man Ooh. Ooh. all right till then folks we will see you and we hope you enjoyed this episode peace peace Be sure to find us on Facebook at Colors of Relationships. Follow us on Instagram at The Colors of Relationships. And find us on Twitter at The C-O-R Podcast.